Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Oxford Assembly of God podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit our website at oxfordag.org. And now, let's get into the message. A few weeks ago, I was reading the scripture, and I saw something that I missed all these years. Any of you ever do that? Have you ever heard someone say, well, we're guaranteed 70 years. We're promised in the Bible 70 years. That's not promised in the Bible. Psalm 90 mentions it, but in my opinion, it's one of the most misquoted and misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. But as I was reading it, I read something that I had not read before. I read the fine print. I mean, does the fine print important? Amen. Now, the fine print is not the scripture. The fine print is the descriptive of it. And, you, and I know, let me just get back to that promise 70 years. You say, well, why would you say that's not true? Have you ever walked to a cemetery? Have you ever found that there was somebody that didn't live 70 years? If God promised it, nobody would die before they're 70 because God always honors his promise, always keeps his word. So that psalm we're looking at, but I, but I saw something that I'd never seen before. You say, well, what was in the fine print? Well, if you look at Psalm 90, at the very upper line, if you have a, a Bible that describes or tells you who wrote something, you'll find out that Psalm 90 was a psalm of Moses. Now you say, how in the world did that happen? How did Moses write a psalm when the book of Psalms was not composed to years later? Remember, David wrote a lot of the psalms. This was 400 years prior to David. But it says plainly that this was a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And then I begin to think, and I know that's hard for some of us to do, but I begin to think about that. And it's an awesome thought when you begin to realize that it's the Psalm of Moses. Now, I don't have time to share with you all about Moses, but I would encourage you to read about the life of Moses. He has an awesome, awesome testimony, but it may take you a bit. Daniel is mentioned 78 times in Scripture. Peter, 176 times. Paul, 222. 100 years before David was born. You say, how do you know that? Because that's when Moses lived. And I know some of you say, well, if it's not a promise about 70 years, what's it about? Well, the Psalm 70, the topic is the brevity of life. You say, wait a minute, the brevity of life. Now, I want you to think about it. Moses wrote it. How long did Moses live? 120 years. And how many knows that he packed a lot in 120 years? Huh? Did he pick a, pack a lot in 120 years? But look what he says in Psalm 90 as we begin reading the scripture. 
Lord, you have been my dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you're a God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and in the evening it fades away and is withers. So what's he saying? He said, listen, our lifetime is so brief. And this is coming from a man that lived 120 years. This is a man that crammed a whole lot of living in 120 years. But he said, life is like a grass. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So the topic that he's talking about is that life is so brief. He crammed a lot of living in that time. And now Moses' life depicts so clearly the seasons of life. Now Moses is kind of unique and he basically had three seasons in his life. Each one of those seasons lasted 40 years. How many knows that you have a season of life? And I know some of the young people over here, they say, man, I can't wait to get 20 to get here. You wish it said, man, I wish I hadn't wished that. But time flies, you know, and the older we get, time flies, right? And he's telling us how brief life was. But uh, Moses had basically three seasons of life. His first 40 years was living, I mean, somebody. Well, there had been an order been out to kill all the babies. But when Moses was born, his parents decided he's, he's something special. We want to preserve his life. So they put him in a basket and placed him in the river. The name Moses literally means out of the water. Because Pharaoh's daughter came down and saw that uh, basket, that boat, that ship, that life floating on the water and she went out and got the baby and rescued him. And for the next 40 years, Moses spent his life in the household of Pharaoh. Now, for us to understand that, let's just say he spent the life in the house of a king. He had everything that he could want. He had all the possessions. He had all the training. He had everything that he could possibly want for 40 years, that was his life. And that was that season of his dawn. Now, all of us realize 120 years, that's kind of awesome. And Moses, if we look at Moses, we realize, well, you know, 120 years is short. Now, how many have made the statement, if I'd have known I was going to live so long, I'd have taken better care of myself? <laughs> Any of you made that? How many of you made the statement, if I'd known having grandkids would be so much fun, I'd have them first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have those statements. But, but Moses' first 40 years, he spent being a somebody. The king's kid. We don't have much record of it. We don't know all about it. But let's go over to the book of uh, Hebrews at the Hall of uh, Faith, and let's read just a few verses of that first his life. Hebrews chapter 11, begin reading at verse 23. Is when he was born, his parents, 
because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Now, like I said, there's a lot crammed into those couple of verses. So for 40 years, he lived in the king's house. For 40 years, he had everything he wanted. For 40 years, he was somebody. But he was decided that that was than being somebody. Next 40 years, notice what it says as we continue reading. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Now if you read that, that talks about the third season of his life. There was a 40-year season that's not even mentioned there. His first 40 years, he was learning to be a somebody. The next 40 years, he spent finding out that he was a nobody. For 40 years, he got up and went to work every day. For 40 years, he took, he had a, a, a career of taking care of sheep. And I'm sure that during that time, he went through, well, you know, for 40 years, I was somebody. Now, I'm out here in the sheep doing nothing but taking care of somebody else's sheep. I'm a nobody. So he had that first season, he was somebody. His second season, he was a nobody. Well, one day, he was out tending those sheep, and he saw a bush. Now, the amazing thing about that bush was it was not consumed. It wasn't just the fact that there was a fire, but that fire was burning, but it wasn't burning the bush up. Now, you think about it, if it was a bush, if any of you ever lit a, a bush a, a, that was totally dry, it's it's gone. If you've ever lit a, it almost explodes and disintegrates. But there, that bush was burning and it was not going anywhere. It was not being consumed. And so he went over and God began to speak to him. He began to tell him what the next season of his life was going to be. The next season he had a plan for him. The next season he had a, a commitment that he needed to fulfill. So we have these three seasons. The first one, he was found wanting to be a somebody. His second season when he was a nobody. But then the third season, he found out that a nobody, when he's committed to God, can be a somebody. Amen. Can you say amen? He found that out. He found out that this nobody could be used totally if he was committed to God. And we already read those scriptures where it talked about what he did. He says, being afraid of the anger. 
he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. It doesn't tell you very much about the Rex 40 years of his life. But I can tell you, those 40 years were exciting. They, uh, Moses had a lot crammed into 120 years. He was the one that wrote this psalm. He was the one that wrote this psalm. Now let's go back to Psalms. Let's go back to Psalms and notice something. He said, a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday. Our God, a thousand years is nothing. We often sing that song when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We're brought to the end by your anger, by your wrath, we're just in the light of your presence. For all of our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Now, I like the King James Version there. You know what it says? It says, we spend our years as a tale that is told. A lot of times I do funerals for people I don't know who they are. Never met them, don't know a thing about them. I don't know what their life's like. I don't know anything about them. So I can't bring back any stories. I can't tell anything. So I use that scripture a lot. We spend our years as a tale that's told. In other words, we preach our funeral by the way we live. I said you preach your funeral by the way we observe their life. And if you observed Moses' life, you saw a man that, of course, you never would have 20 years is nothing. That's a short time. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They're soon gone. They're soon gone. Now, if some of you say, well, I'm going to live to be 120. I used to say that. I used to say that I was going to live to be 120, and I was going to be like Moses. That sounds good. But I'm going to tell you, if I live to be 120 and live to be like Moses, God's going to have to do some reconstruction. <laughs> because we're reading a few minutes that Moses could see better than he'd ever seen. He was just as strong. If any, are any of you just as strong as you were when you were 40 or 20 or 18? Gator's shaking his head. He knows. No, we get old. But he said, our life is so brief. And if you're blessed to be uh, 80, again, it's written by Moses. So what if you're blessed to be 120? 120 years compared to eternity is nothing. It's nothing. Amen. Now, let's read on. We haven't read one of the key verses. I want to read verse 14 where he says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may be rejoice." And be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. That we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Now, we left out a key verse. I want us to go back to verse 12. Where Moses said, so teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What's he saying? Could he be saying, let's not learn just to count our days, but could we make our days count? Let's make our days count. Moses made his days count. 
Now, he went through those seasons. There were times of disappointment. There were times of discouragement. There were times of victory. But he learned something. He said, I'm just going to be here a short time. But while I'm here, I want to be doing what God wants me to do. I could have been a king. I could have been, I was Pharaoh's daughter. I could have insisted on my rights and stayed there and lived a life of luxury. But instead, I became a nobody. For 40 years, I was a nobody. But I learned how to be a nobody that became a somebody because I learned to put my trust in the Almighty God. And he said, I learned not just to count my days, but I learned how to make my days count. To make my days count. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 34. That's my introduction. It's raining, you can't go anywhere anyway. No, I'm laying the groundwork. We're almost finished. Deuteronomy. I want you to understand who, who wrote this. Somebody that lived 120 years and said, but life is brief. How many of you know that your life is brief? I lived 120 years. Big deal. I'll have a birthday for long. I forget which one. You know, my wife and I, it was Easter last week. We've got a place we can hide our own Easter eggs. Some of y'all get that after a while. But regardless of our age, Moses said, don't just learn to count your days. Make your days count. Make your days count. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 34. This was at the tail end of Moses' 120 years. Let's begin reading at verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. That means he was just as strong and just as healthy at 120 as he was at 40. He was at 20. And as the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days, then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there had not risen a prophet since an Israelite Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. And for all of his mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This was describing his life. And yet this man wrote this psalm near the end of his life. And he said, life is here today, gone tomorrow, but eternity's forever. So don't just learn to count your days. Make sure your days count.
See, probably his greatest testimony was given after his death. If you go with me to Joshua chapter 11, uh, 11 verse 15. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Did you catch that? He left nothing undone. That means he had his work list and it was completed. I believe this is a parallel passage to what Mo, uh, excuse me, Paul said over in 2 Timothy, where it says, I fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. And there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That was what Moses understood. He said, I wasn't able to do much. Everyone would say, I'd like to be able to do what Moses did. But what did God, uh, Moses tell God when he called him out of that burning bush? He said, God, I can't do anything. I tried. I'm a failure. I'm a nobody. But when this nobody found out that God still wanted to make him a somebody, he found out something. When he committed every day to God, God was able to do some great, great things with this nobody. He couldn't use the somebody. I said, he couldn't use the somebody. Somebody wanted to do it. And he said, it's not time yet. You're going to have to spend a season out in the desert learning how to become a somebody or nobody that's used of God. And so for the next 40 years, he was a nobody. But he learned something. He learned how to allow God to lead him and direct him. And he learned not just to count his days, but to make every day count. And again, probably his greatest testimony was after his death. Did you catch that? Everything that God had lined up for Moses to do was done. Several times you would see in the book of Deuteronomy and in Exodus, and Moses finished the tabernacle. And Moses finished this. He was completing the work. He was marking things off because God had given him a work to do. Now, I want to go ahead and clear the air. Some of you are probably telling says, Pastor, do you always accomplish everything you're supposed to do? And I'll have to tell you no. But I'm still trying. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you I'm very often very trying. <laughs> but see, God wants us to commit every day to him. Did Moses go to bed every day at the end of his day to totally satisfy with how the day went? We don't have it recorded in Scripture, but I can almost guarantee you there were times that he went to bed frustrated. I mean, I pastored a church of a few hundred. He had a million a lot of headaches, a lot of difficulty. I'm sure that he was frustrated. Plus, he had a sister and a brother telling him how to do it. I'm sure that there were days that he did not feel like he had accomplished anything. 
but at the end of his life here on this earth. So brief, but it was said about Moses that he accomplished all that God wanted him to do. I saw something early this morning that disturbed me. Most of you know that I'm, I'm a sports fan. I love sports. But I had a sports magazine laying on the counter, and I walked by it, and the headline gripped me. The headline on this sports magazine said this, The return of sports is the key to recovery. The return of sport. I'm going to tell you something. If they never play another Super Bowl, guess what? That's not a sign that we recovered. What's the sign of recovery? What is the real key to recovery? The key to recovery is giving every day to God. A fresh and a new. See, every day we must have to choose whether we want to live for God or not. We choose how we're going to do things. Now, let me just give you a few keys to accomplish these things. Some of you come up with better ideas than I would. But one of them we need to prioritize. We need to establish a priority. And in God's book, there's only one priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things will be added to you. So if your day, you want to make your day a success, the first thing you got to realize, the number thing, number one thing is prioritize. I need to give it to God. I need to give it to God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Secondly, a key is accountability. Remember, I read this then about Joshua carried on the work that uh, Moses started. And it was not finished until Joshua finished it. We don't have much to go on in the scriptures, but we understand that Joshua worked underneath Moses for a number of years. And guess what? I believe they held each other accountable. We need accountability. If you want to do what God wants you to do, if you want to make your day count, then we need accountability because we need to be held accountable. Here's one that we often don't do. We've got to learn to celebrate the victories. Or you mentioned sports. What would you think if somebody says, well, you know, I'm a good football player, but I'm not going to celebrate till I get to win the Super Bowl. How many knows he probably would never celebrate? Well, I'm not going to celebrate until I get to hit a home run in the World Series. How many knows he probably never celebrated? This is the this is the truth. Some of you need, before you can score a touchdown, you need to make a first down. Celebrate it. Enjoy the blessings of God. Because I'm going to tell you, if I was going to wait until I could preach to a congregation of 10,000, I would have never preached my first sermon. 
because we have to do it one day at a time. Celebrate your victories. And another key is we've got to learn to rest in Him. I want to tell you sometimes, that's hard for me to do. C.M. Ward, long-time preacher, revival time. Someone asked him one time, said, Brother Ward, how do you do it? How do you maintain your schedule? How do you live and do all these things that you do at your age? He said, when I go to bed at night, I tell God I'm going off duty. It's his turn. Learn to rest in him. I was running, I've been doing way too many funerals and memorials lately. But I have a file. I'm not organized like a lot of you. I just got a folder with a lot of papers in it that I have to look through. And I was looking through it the other day and I ran across something that Somebody gave me to share at a funeral, and I don't even remember who it was. So if it's any of you that's for your loved one, please forgive me for not remembering. But this is what was written on that little pad. The purpose of life is not to be happy. The purpose of life is to matter, to be productive, to have made a difference that you have lived it all. Happiness means self-fulfillment and is given to those who use the fullest, use to the fullest whatever talents God has bestowed upon them. That's what life's about. Making every day count. Not just counting the days, but making every day count. Right after the service this morning, the first service, someone asked me, Pastor, did you get my text I sent you? I said, well, no, I turned my phone off during service. He said, well, I thought I saw you look at it. This was what was sent to me this morning in the middle of the sermon. This on Lee Connor's refrigerator. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or grow in its light and be a service to others. But what I do with this day is important because I've exchanged a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, today will be gone forever. I hope I will not regret the price I paid for it. Making every day count. In closing, as the worship team comes back, I want to go back and read one more verse because I think this is the key to it all. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. Now Moses had every right. He could have said, so Moses, God's prophet, he didn't. He could have said, Moses, Pharaoh's daughter's son, but he didn't. He could have said, Moses, priest, because he was of the tribe of Levi, but he didn't. 
What did he say? Moses, the servant of God. Moses, the servant of the Lord. Any employer in this building, any employer watching online, would be thrilled if every one of his employees would show See, that's what a servant does. What's to be done today? What can I do to further the kingdom? What can I do, not just to count a day, but to make my day count? When we present our life to God as a servant, Moses. And man, I know I'll never accomplish all that Moses accomplished or anything like him if I live to be 150. But he said, my life was so brief. Accomplished so little. God gave me these years. But you need to learn to number your days. Make every day count for the kingdom. So today I challenge you that. As we partake of communion, let's make an act of saying, okay, God, I'm your servant. I know yesterday I didn't get everything done that I wanted to do. But tomorrow's a new day. Today's a new day, and I submit it to you, and I surrender to you. You know, when Jesus was sharing in the upper room, what did he do? He said, this is my body. He thanked him, and then he broke it. What was that symbolic of? It had to be broken. His body had to be broken for us. And for us to be able to do everything that God wants us to do, guess what? We've got to be broken. When Jesus fed the multitude, he followed that example. He blessed the bread, then he did what? He broke it. And guess what? If you haven't read that, that message or that passage, go read it. He blessed it and gave it to the disciples. It did not start being multiplied until they began to give it out. He gave it to them and they began to give it out. I can almost picture Peter going up to somebody as big as some of you guys are. Little bitty bits of bread and fish. He said, have some. And he just began to multiply. Begin to multiply because God began to bless it. And that's the way God does. As we submit to him and say, God, don't let me just count my days. Let me make every day count. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the challenge that you have placed before us today that we make make every day count. 
that we accomplish today what you want us to do today. And then tomorrow, we'll take care of itself. God, minister not only to us, not only in us, but minister through us. Regardless of how long or how brief this life will and this earth will be, help us to make this day your day. Thank you for listening to the OAG podcast. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God Church, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G.org.